Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road, and we're excited. I got my partner, Daryl Spicer, with me, and he's excited too. I'm excited because we're going to bring trailer trucking to the radio. We're a couple old trailer truckers, and our ministry is to the driver. But you know, that's the way it started, but then all of a sudden we figured it out. It's not a truck driving ministry, it's a whosoever ministry. So we're going to hopefully enlighten you a little bit about the trucking industry, but more importantly, we want to bring Jesus to the drivers out there on the road and to you. So come right along with us in the cab for Church on the Road. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's the lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day that I die I said hey Hey drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of In The Cab Radio, along with my partner. Chaplain Daryl Spicer with In The Cab Radio. Hey, we've got another great program for you, and uh, it's going to be good. But we'd like to get in the cab with you. Yeah, we'd like to ride along for a little bit. Let's ride along. I like riding in big trucks. (laughs) They they go, and bend in the middle. Driver, you let me blow that air horn once or twice, just... (laughs) 
give me something to do. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have fun today, and we that's what we want to do. We just want to have fun with you drivers out there. We enjoy what we're doing, and we hope that you're enjoying our programs. Hey, if you are, would you give us a call? 615-663-3199. That's Daryl's number, and my number is 618-383-2107. Can't remember the number? lonesomeroad.org or channel21ministries.com. And you can get on our website and get our numbers again. Call Gary. He'll send you some free CDs. Or he'll send you Lonesome Road Volume 1 and Volume 2. The driver, put that thing in gear and let's rock and roll. Hey, Daryl, I got some exciting news for you. The McKay Project, our good friends Dennis and Leslie McKay, are up for three Diamond Awards. They are in the top ten, and you can vote for them. Duet of the Year, Christian Country Group of the Year, and also Christian Country Song of the Year for the song Taking Me Home, and that's a song that I got to help write. So we would love for you to log on to sgnscoops.com and click on the link where it says you can vote for the Diamond Awards and vote for the McKay Project for their three nominees. We'll find out who the winners are October 29th of 2019 in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And we're excited about the McKay Project being a part of Lonesome Road Ministry. And we're going to be coming out with Lonesome Road Volume 3 in 2020. So check out that website, sgnscoops.com, and vote for the McKay Project for their number one song, Taking Me Home. And you can vote for it to become the song of the year. Here it is. Dennis and Leslie McKay, Taking Me Home. Mile after mile, day after day, it's a long, hard A sad old song, windshield whoppers singing along. Take me home, drive Kind of lonely in this cab alone. Just me and Jesus down a lonesome road. Music playing on the radio, Merle Haggard singing me back home.
for some time Cell phones keep me from losing my mind Lord beside me, he's leading the way Praying I'll be home today Take me home Back where I belong He's taking me Volume three is in the works. In the works. <laughs> and that's about all we can say about that. You need that. to hurry up and get it done before you forget what number it is. Once you get past two, it's... It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. I'll be all right as long as I don't run out of fingers. There you go. All right, Daryl, it's time to get serious, and we have a serious testimony today, and we've hitched a ride with Sam Morgan. We're riding along with Sam in the cab, and he's going to share with us and the listeners what's on his heart today. Listen, my name's Sam Morgan. I've been a truck driver for 28 years. I started when I was 18 years old. Uh, me and my wife got saved over 20 years ago, and we've been going to church and served in several different capacities, but these last few months, I've, God's really been laying on my heart to after hearing some of these CDs out on the road, I came over here and talked to Brother Gary. Wanted to meet him and and wanted to put a face with his voice. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, brother, it was a beautiful face. It was a beautiful sight when I came in, and uh, I just felt a connection. And and uh, these last month or so, I just really felt like uh, God starting something new in me, and and. Uh, so when you first asked me about doing this, I kind of didn't really know if I was going to do it or not, but the Lord had been dealing with me. So like I said, we served in a lot of different capacities, but I just never really have been a strong witness, you know, to people and never really, uh, I'm always uh, been kind of behind the scenes kind of person. My wife does most of the speaking when we do speak and she speaks enough for both of us, so I just I let her do most of the speaking. So for me to be here today and give this testimony is a step in faith, you know. But I asked my pastor yesterday. I said uh, I called him and asked him for a few notes how I should start, and he said, "Well, just speak from your heart." I said, "Okay." And I got the phone. And I thought, "Well, that's pretty good." I, you know, my pastor, he's been our pastor about five years now. We've been good friends for 20 years, and, 
you know it's kind of awesome when you you're you're you have your best friend and your person you call and uh, accountable to and he just happens to be your pastor at the same time but uh i uh me and my wife we a couple of years ago really started praying coming together in the morning and praying for our go to work and she goes to work sometimes and we uh just start coming together and and praying for our kids and uh we had two one lives in chicago one lives in florida and we've been praying for their salvation and, and praying protection over them and, and uh joey's our oldest son has some physical problems and we was wanting to ask for healing and uh it's brought us closer together the last couple of years, and we. Uh, I think it's important that you know, even if you're not saved, or if you, even if you are saved, that spending time with your wife, praying together, that brings you closer together, and like two or more together, you can accomplish a lot with that. And uh, we was going along praying, and everything was going good, and we got a. I went and picked her up from work one night. My wife came out in the car and she says, uh, I got some good news. I said, great. I said, what is it? She said, well, Joe called. We're going to be grandparents. And we were so excited. And uh, so we started praying even more, praying for the baby, praying for protection, and asking that the Lord would touch this baby. And uh, we prayed for several months, and he got be about seven or eight months into the pregnancy, and uh, we was at church one Sunday, and my wife was up at the altar praying, and she looked at me, and she said, we got to go to Chicago next weekend, and I said, okay. She said, I got to pray for daughter-in-law. I said, well, okay, so she called her son. We made plans to go up there that weekend. My wife we went up there and forced my son. He getting separated from the baby, so he needs some help with some stuff. We got that done, and the wife goes in there and prays for our daughter-in-law. And we spent the weekend with him, came home, and then uh, it got time for the baby to come. And I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to take off work. I didn't want to be within being six, seven hours away. I didn't want to be on the road. So we finally. Got down to, she went over her date, and they said, well, if you don't have it by the weekend, we're going to induce you on Monday. And so we will decided, well, we'll go up a day early. That way we won't have to worry about getting up here in time and anything. So we head up there, got there Sunday, and we've made plans, tentative plans on my son to go out and have dinner or lunch. And he called and said, well, I can't do it. He said, i got to take Christy by the hospital to, uh, they're going to give her some shots and stuff for the inducement and, and, and all that. And so we say, it's fine. We'll catch up with you later. And we go up there to, we go out, got something to eat, came back to the hotel room. And this got sit down, was going to turn the TV on, watch some news. And my son called and he said, well, he said, uh, she ain't had this baby naturally. They're going to have to do a C-section. He said, so they're going to do it now. So we might as well come on down. So we go, we're going about 10 minutes away from the hospital. We go down there, we're standing there, and we met her parents. We're all standing there, we're all excited. And 
we're standing there, and he said, well, the little guy will be born right now. And it wasn't a few minutes later when our son came down the hallway, and we could see his tears in his eyes, and I, I thought, yes, grandson's born. He's so happy. And then as he got closer, I could see it wasn't tears of joy. He grabbed a hold of my wife. He said the baby was blue when it came out. He didn't know if it was breathing or not. So he cried for a few minutes. And my wife told him, said, go back and be with your wife. She needs you right now. So we, they take us off to another room and they come out and they said, well, after we started praying and uh, they came out and got us, took us to a room and they told us he was born with a rear route, rare malformation. He was born without any capillaries in his, from his heart. And so all the pressure was going straight from his heart into his veins and they would burst. And they said it's like point zero 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 one chance in a billion that this happens. So they took him to the children's coma. They said they wanted to transport him to another hospital, to the children's coma in Chicago. And they told us uh, we're going to air flight him there. Well, they got the helicopter there. Well, the helicopter's already there. And they came down and said, it's too foggy tonight. We can't fly tonight, so we're going to take him by ambulance. So they, my daughter-in-law, got to see him just for a brief time. So they take him, they transport him. He got there all right. And uh, next morning, we went and picked our son up, and we went and talked to him. And uh, we took him up to the hospital. He spent all day with him. My wife was back there most of the day with him. They ran several tests, and they said there was nothing they could do for him. And uh, my son, you just you just never know. I was so proud of my son. You just never know what kind of parents they're going to be. He always has loved children, and uh, he read him poems. He's a writer, and he read him all kind of poems and prayed with him and laughed with him and talked with him and. They finally said, well, there's nothing we can do. What else can we do? He said, well, my wife hasn't got to see him at all, hardly. I like to take him back to the other hospital so he can be with his mom. They said, well, okay. So he said, he might not make it. And uh, he said, well, we got to try. So they was getting ready to take him. You know, my wife had been talking to one of the nurses. And this, little nurse, this one little nurse, she was the greatest nurse. She was a real blessing. She just loved that little boy. And uh, my wife asked her, she said, how do, you, how do you deal with this situation day after day? And she goes, well, to be honest with you, she said, we never had, had dealt with this kind of situation before. And my wife said, what do you mean? And she said, well, with what your grandson has, she says 99% of them either are born, stillborn, or as soon as they are born, they die instantly. And she said, your grandson has lived and is continuing to live. She said, we've never seen this before. So they was getting 
it was an all-day process. They uh, got him back to the, they was getting ready to transport him back to the other hospital. And this nurse, her shift was just about over with. And she told her boss, she said, I'm going to that hospital with that baby. She goes, well, your shift's over with. You can't. She says, I'll punch you out. I'll do whatever. She goes, but that baby is going to make it back to that hospital if I have to bag him all the way there. She said, I am going. She, and she did. She, she left the hospital on her own time and rode back with my grandson all the way back to the hospital to make sure he got back to the hospital to see his mother. And uh, he ended up living 31 hours. And you know how the devil gets, Brother Gary. He climbed on my wife's shoulder and said, you made a fool of yourself going up there and praying for that baby. And she said, you went up and prayed for that baby and look, it's not going to live. But we consider that to be the miracle that he had lived 31 hours because he wasn't supposed to live at all. And we were so thankful that he was able to live and we did, they was able to feed him and change him and read to him. And I just think it's so important that people know that there is so much power when you pray and when you come together as a family and pray for your family. Pray for protection. Pray for all the things, you know. Pray for your kids, your, your parents, everybody. So... It wasn't long, a few months later, my youngest son decided to get married. Well, him and his wife would have a bunch of kids and they're getting a little older, so they decided they better start getting on, getting with it. So she got pregnant right away. And uh, we was down there during the Christmas season and uh, we hadn't saw our son at Christmas for many years because he's a manager for a target and uh, he just can't get away so we decided this year we wanted to be with one of the kids during christmas time and we don't want to go to chicago during christmas time because of the weather so we went down there spent time and everything was going fine and uh, she went for her eighth month's checkup and that little baby had passed away but we keep on praying, keep on hoping, keep on keeping our heads above water, praying. So we've been, last couple of years, been praying for our kids and praying for our grandkids. And, and uh, so keep praying. And uh, so we got up here about a month ago, two months ago now. And uh, we got up and prayed. And as I've been going to, we pray together. And then later on, she has her own prayer time, and I have my own prayer time. And uh, most of the time, when I go to work, I have a route where I can have I can spend forty-five minutes to an hour talking to the Lord. And uh, I've been doing that a lot these last couple of years. Well, I came into work one day and they said, well, I'll keep you in town today. And I really don't like being in town. This is no, this is where I am. But uh, 
I thought, well, all right. But then I got to think, well, if I'm in town, I don't have that time to pray for a, in the morning like I have been. And I think that was more aggravating and, or upsetting to me than just being in town all day. But as I got out of my truck, got going that morning, I thought, well, I can still pray a little bit. It might not be as long as I usually pray, but I can still pray some. So I went and I prayed. Got to my first stop. I thought, well, I have to stop here for a minute. Well, I got there. There was a delay. Problem with the guy in front of me getting unloaded. So I thought, well, I'll keep on praying. And I finally got done and went to my next stop. Prayed some more between stops. Got to my next stop, and there was another delay. So I thought, well, this is working out pretty good. So I got my prayer time in, and my wife's always encouraged me. She said, always keep a Bible in your truck. She said, that way, whenever you're at a stop and you have a delay, you can read your Bible, get some word in you, which is better than, you know, you know how it is. You get somewhere, and you got guys talking any way they want and telling bad jokes or whatever. Don't need to be around that. So I've tried to go see my Bible and pray and stuff when I'm in there. So I got out of my route that day and uh, got back and they said, uh, you, would you want to go up to Albany tonight and pick up another load? I said, sure. I thought, yeah, now, now we're talking. So I get in my truck, I head up to Albion. I get up there, get loaded, and I come back. By now, it's getting dark outside, and uh, I was coming back and uh, started heading down the highway. And I was about halfway in between Albion and Grayville, and there's a road kind of windy, but anyway, I was in a straight stretch, and I see I could see a curve up ahead of me, and I I see a car come around the curve, and I see a semi right behind that car. Didn't think much of it and next thing I, I see another he- set of headlights I thought I shouldn't be seeing a third set of headlights because I can't see what did that semi and I noticed that the semi of that car was passing the semi on a curve and trying to pass that car on a curve in pitch black so I it's a real narrow road so I couldn't get off on the road I was trying to slow down and this person is not giving it up. They're, they're bound and determined to get around that truck. So it keeps coming, it keeps coming. And by now we're, you know, it's one of them slow motion deals where, you know, it lasted 30 seconds, but it seemed like it lasted 30 minutes. By now this truck, I mean, this car is almost, I'm ready for the impact. I'm thinking something's going to happen here, you know. I'm either going to be injured or killed or I'm going to kill somebody or you know if this car hits me so just about that time the car is just I mean right dead in front of me I mean he was he was square with me and I look over to the side out of the corner of my eye and I see that truck and I don't know if it was an angel or it was the hand of God himself but I looked over, and that truck just went all the way over. Where he went, I have no idea because there's no place to go. That car moved over, 
came between me and that other semi. Didn't touch either one of us. Kept on going. I thought, thank you, Jesus, you know, keep me safe. So I get home late that night. Didn't have a chance to talk to my wife because she went to bed already. So she got up next morning. She had to go to work early. And uh, I got up. She said, we didn't get a chance to pray today. She said, I'll call you on the phone. It's okay. So she gets out in the car. She calls me. We're talking. She's praying for the kids. And I told her, I said, oh, I said, by the way. And I told her about this, almost having this accident night before. And she goes, you need to tell the pastor about that. You need to, you need to testify in front of the church about that. And I said, oh, okay. So I got off the phone. I was getting ready to start praying myself. And the Lord, it's like the Lord just spoke to me and, and said, well, you were faithful in your prayer, even though you didn't have time, you made time. And since you were faithful in your prayer, I was faithful to protect you on the road. And I thought, okay. So I uh, went to work that day, went to work Friday. Well, Saturday I have a part-time job and they asked me if I'd go to St. Louis. I said, sure, no problem. I've done it a million times. I could drive a road blindfolded, I think. So I get up there, I'm heading over to St. Louis and get up on the interstate there and I was gonna do my normal routine, turn the radio on. I thought, no, you know, the Lord been dealing with me about that. He's I've been praying a lot here lately and he's you know, he's been faithful and I thought I'm gonna pray a little bit before I start listening to the radio. So, next thing I know, I'm in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Keep on going. I thought, keep on praying. So, I, next thing I know, I'm in St. Louis. Called this pastor. He tells what to do. So, I started heading back from him. I thought, well, I prayed this long. I might as well just pray on back home. So, I prayed all the way back to Brent Prairie. And I had to stop and take a break. And uh, it was kind of like when you gave, when you gave your testimony when you, when you said you just after you saw that sign and you talked to the Lord you just kind of floated home and the whole day I just kind of floated it was just I told her I said it was one of the e easiest days I've ever had and uh, I stopped at Brent Prairie and I got me a coke and something to snack on I thought well I take a little break here so. I'm, I was looking for something to read, and I saw a stack of CDs, and I'd seen these CDs a few times, and uh, just never really caught my eye. But, and I, on my route, the last couple of years, they've been sending me more to Illinois than I, I used to run in Kentucky a lot, and uh, I've been by this place, I if I've been by this place once, I've been by it a thousand times, and just never put the sign and what it said. And then I saw that CD, and I saw the name on the CD, and I thought, now there's a connection. So I was going through the CDs, and I saw the one, uh, Two Ordinary Men, I think maybe it was your testimony. 
I thought, you know, I just want to keep my focus. I want to keep good stuff in me. You know, I wanted to have some Christian. I just don't want to get back into the, you know, worldly routine. I just wanted to keep feeding on Christian stuff. So I thought I'd listen to that CD on the way back, listen to it. I mean, it just, you know, the songs and hearing some of your testimony and gave them the testimony just really, I thought, man, that's pretty cool. So, got back. I went home. Uh, actually, I got back and I was pulling in to Evansville. You know, creature of habit. You know, just going down. I just go down the, the little way to 41. The truck company is just right there. I thought, be want to make all these turns and twists and all these stop signs. Lord says. Turn here. I'm thinking, Lord, I don't want to go that way. It's hard to get around. It's in town. You got to stop, shift, all that stuff. Got to go closer to that exit. And he said, turn here. Said, okay. So I go. So I pull up to the, do my paperwork, finish my logbook and stuff. And I hear this crash. And I hear all these sirens. And I thought, man, what's going on here? So I, did, I couldn't see anything, so I go around to the other side of the shop, turn my truck in, and I talked to the mechanic for a minute, and I said, what's going on out there? He said, I don't know. He said, there's always fires, alarms, there's all kind of industrial buildings right there. He said, probably some fire alarm or something. I said, okay. So I either called or texted my wife, told her I was coming home, and uh, I'm pulling up to the intersection 41 and Virginia Street meet there in Evansville and I never seen so much traffic on that road before I mean the traffic was backed up cars were coming off the highway I'm thinking what in the world is going on here well then I look over to the other side of this restaurant and this little car right there and I see a, a semi trailer and it's jackknife in the middle of the highway I'm seeing the back of the trailer and I'm thinking he's going east and west and the road goes north and south so I pull over in the car lot and I walk around the building in this semi was heading southbound, and when he got to the intersection, he went to the guardrail and was blocking two lanes in the southbound and two lanes in the northbound. He jackknifed in there. So I asked this guy, I was standing there for a little bit, and I said, hey, what happened? He said, well, there was a guy in the in the uh, convenience store across the street that pulled up in there, and they said they could tell that he had been drinking a lot that day. And when he came out, he ran right through the stop sign and turned in front of that semi. He hit that semi head on. And it, as it happened, the truck ended up jackknifing. So I thought, man. So it just, it just dawned on me, you know, hey, that's two accidents in a couple of day period that the Lord has, has saved me from. So I get home. My wife's cleaning up one of the rooms and I was telling about this CD. I said, man, I said, that CD, you know, I was, so the next day we were heading to church and and uh, she was listening to it. We sat in the parking lot before we went inside and we listened to all the songs and testimonies and stuff on that CD. And she goes, man, she goes, this is really helping me. I said, well, I said, I know. So that following week, I said, uh, I, I, I found some more. So I listened to him, told her, I said, man, I said, I need to meet this guy. So 
that Friday, I was able to stop here and, and uh, talk to you for a few minutes. You gave me a bunch more CDs. And uh, you said something about this testimony. And I thought, no, no, that ain't me. You know, that's not me at all. And then you said something about maybe becoming, thinking about becoming a, a chaplain for the road. And I thought, that definitely is not me. And, uh, but my wife, she's been struggling with some, this cold for a long time, for about three or four months now. And she was on the couch one night and she said, I was coming up, got home late again. And she said, you pray for me before you go to bed? I said, sure, babe. So I had prayed for her. I said, no, I said, I've been thinking about that what Gary said to me. She said, well, I, th I think it'd be good. She said, I think maybe it's a new ministry for you. Maybe, uh, maybe it's open the, God's opened the door for you. I said, you know, I think, I said, I think, I think maybe you're right. I said, you know, I, I guess it just, it just touches me because this is actually what I do for a living. And, you know, speaking in front of, you know, a church or something, you know, that's not my comfort zone. That's not my wheelhouse. But, you know, this is something I do. I can relate to other drivers. And I said, well, I'll think about it. So we went to church the next day, and uh, I was talking to my pastor about it. I mentioned something to him about it, meeting you and everything. And he said, well, you might ought to consider doing that. Well, all right. So that's two people that told me that. So we go to lunch that day. We ain't been lunch with our pastor in I don't know how long. And I was telling him, sharing some, some of your testimony. And his wife said, wow, she, that's really good. And I said, yeah. Pastor said, yeah, he wants him to come over and give his testimony. She goes, oh, you ought to do it. She goes, that'll help some people. I thought, well, that's three. You know, three strikes, you're out. So I thought, well, I better go ahead and, go ahead and do it. So then it was just a matter of, you know, having a day off or a day to come over here and do it. So I figured today would be a good day. So I but. And uh, I haven't told you yet, but I, I did talk to Daryl this week about, about becoming a, a chaplain. Right. And uh, I say I go on the computer and do all that stuff. But it's, I think it's just, you know, I, and like I told him, I said, if this testimony or anything I do for this, if it just encourages somebody, it motivates somebody, speaks to somebody, you know, just one person, you know. And, and I can pass out CDs. I can, you know, talk to people if they want to call and talk to me. And it's it's just something I think that it's finally a, a, a good fit, you know, this ministry. And I'm just so thankful that you, the Lord spoke to you and gave you this CD ministry. You know, I never thought that I'd be interested in a a CD ministry, you know, I, I've seen them around before, and it's never really, really spoke to me. But like I said, the last couple of months, with the last couple of years, with everything that's been going on, some of the CDs I've listened to that just really touched my heart. And and uh, if you would have told me two months ago you're going to be sitting in Carmel, Illinois, making a CD, I'd think you crazy. 
but I'm 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 privileged and blessed today to be able to do it, and I think the Lord's lead me into a new area. This day must make you wonder If you're gonna make it through The time has come for you to find The faith I've given you To see your baby lying there All lifeless and alone Is something I can help you make it through I faced that with my own When I gave you Jesus My one and only son This battle that you're facing now I've already won And I hear your cry And I know just what you If you never hold that baby there He'll be with me Well, I know you've had your doubts And your fears have abound Now you've got to trust me I won't let you down that child of yours is coming home Just you wait and see Lift up your eyes this day And see your victory Cause I gave you Jesus My one and only son This battle that you're facing now I've already won And I hear your cry And I know just what you need If you never hold your baby there He'll be with me Though the thunder's shaking And the rain fade your view and the lightning strike in your path I'll be here for you For you Cause I gave you Jesus My one and only son In this battle that you're facing now I've already won what you need If you never hold your baby there He'll be If you never hold your baby there He'll be the question is there anybody out there is there anybody out there that needs help 
The answer is Jesus. If you're serious about changing your life and being saved from the sin that you're in, then we'd love to pray with you. And if you're ready to do that and commit your life to Jesus, all you have to do is a simple prayer driver. Jesus, I know you died for me. I want to live for you, and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Accept me as your child, and I will live for you for the rest of my life. Lord, I need you, and I'm drowning in this sea of sin. And Lord, I just it's dark where I'm at. And you said that if we come unto you, that we'll see the light, and that we'll be in the light. So we're asking you right now, Lord, to save my soul. Come into my heart. So black Bible, it's battle scarred and worn. Its covers almost faded through, the spine is weak and torn. But it's seen her through the hard times. What a comfort it has been. See, it's not about the cover, but the word that lives within. Tales of one who came to earth and died to set us free. It tells of Christ, God's only Son. He lives inside of me. He's the rock on which I stand upon. Is where new life begins. See, it's not about the cover. But the word that lives within This body sometimes fails me It's battle scarred and worn These old clothes here on my back They're tattered and they're torn But my hope is all in Jesus gonna see me through the end see it's not about the cover but the word that lives within for I know the one who came to earth and died to set us free and I know the Christ God's only son he lives inside of me Which I stand upon is where new life begins. See, it's not about the cover, but the word that lives within. For I know the one who came to earth and died for all our sins. And how wonderful it is to know. about the cover
the word that lives within It's not about this earthly cover For Jesus lives within Drivers, we want to hear from you. If you pray, if you ask Jesus into your heart, then do us a favor. No, do yourself a favor. Call someone. Call someone that you love. Give us a call here at Lonesome Road Ministries. We want to hear from you. We want to pray for you. And we want to send you some more material that will help you as you travel up and down the highways. So give us a call. My phone number is 618-383-2107. Or you can call Chaplain Darrell at... <laughs> You'd have to sit on both hands to keep from waving at everybody when they went by when you get saved, man. You just got to tell everybody what's going on in your life. You want to get their attention. So we'd really love it for you to call us at Channel 21 Ministries at 615-663-3199. We want to help you drivers out there on the road. So give us a call. Let us help you. We want to pray with you. and uh, We want to walk this walk with you. We want to be in that armor, in our armor, standing beside you in the battle. Amen. So, drivers, we're looking forward to hearing from you. And now, how about another song by the Beasleys? Somebody 
somewhere who'll turn him away. But if you lean on him now, he'll know what to do. For Jesus, he knows what you're going through. Yes, Jesus, he knows what you're Now, how about another song by our good friend, Joe Arview. Hallelujah. And give Joe a call, 618-927-1986. Order some of his great music. You'll be glad you did. upon the cross What most considered gain Still a few considered loss And the sky grew black and the earth began to shake and cracked the temple wall Devil must have cried out as he watched his empire fall. Now a man kneels by the bedside of a son born just today, and is talking with Jesus. As the tears run down his face And he said, I've been a sinner And I've walked on the dark side But this boy I lay my hands on Lord, I give to you tonight And the battle rages Yes, the fight goes on This war we're facing It's never won I can feel that sword slice Through my flesh And the battle rages for righteousness Now I stand beneath my God Just a man of unclean ways With a soul that never dies But my spirit sometimes strays And my heart is a battlefield 
devil sends his men And he might win this battle But this war he'll never win And the battle rages Yes, the fight goes on this war we're facing, it's never won. I can feel that sword slice through my flesh, and the battle rages for righteousness. Yes, the battle rages for righteousness. Drivers, my friend, Gary Rayburn, has a song and testimony called At the Foot of the Tree that Dennis McKay uh, recorded for Gary and did an awesome job. And just like Gary Rayburn, if you said that prayer, then you've got a testimony. So let's go to the foot of the tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree those 18 wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news There's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance could it be my last Then I saw Jesus 
hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.